the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. That's Romans 8, verse 2. That's the law of the life spirit. Now here, the royal decree, you are free in Christ. And God has an amazing new life for you. And all of us ruined our old lives through sin. God knows that. Jesus redeemed us on the cross. He paid the price. He bought back our very lives. And he now offers new lives to you and me as a free gift. And in fact, this gift is already right inside of you. God gave you this gift when you were born again. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And that's present tense. It's already happened. It says, if any man be in Christ. So, are you in Christ today? That's step one, being saved and knowing you're saved. And the apostle goes on, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. So by the word of God right now, you're a new creature. And he says, old things are passed away. All that old junk from your old life, it's already gone. Behold, all things have become new. The apostle says, behold. In other words, look at what God's already done. It's just the fact that you are saved and you do have a new life. And you could listen to the devil. So could I. We could believe his lies. It's a deception. It's not true. But you could keep living in the semblance of your old life as if that were true. But your name is written in the book of life. The devil knows that. He can't do anything about it. So what will he do? He'll try to ruin the life you have now. And he'll try to keep you from worshiping God and helping other people. And here's one of the lies that the devil says. He says, it's more righteous to keep beating yourself up over your past sin and feeling unworthy than to believe that you're forgiven. But it's a lie. The Bible says you're forgiven and free. And the devil lying about the Bible in that way is sinful, but also for one of us to believe the lie is sinful. It's a lack of faith. In God's word. And it's not healthy. It's not sane or rational. And usually, don't we think a sin like stealing or adultery, violence, something like that? And that is sin, but those are symptoms of an underlying disease, which is a lack of faith. And the devil, so he tries to trick people into believing. It's more righteous to try to keep earning what God's already done. Keep trying to earn your own salvation. Keep trying to earn your new life in Christ. And keep feeling condemned about sins that were forgiven 2,000 years ago. Jesus said on the cross, it's finished. That's when he paid the price. It's gone. So don't believe everything you hear. 1 John 4.1 Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God. Because many false prophets are gone into the world. So don't believe anything anyone tells you, even, even if it's a friend. And don't even believe all of your own thoughts. And that's a revelation to some people. Just because you have a thought or a feeling 
<laughs> it doesn't mean it's true. Where did it even come from? Romans 8.1 There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. So here's the reality. Once you're born again, there's no condemnation. God's already made you a free creature. He's already given you a new life. But do you believe it? Do you go through each day as if that were true? And it's a work of faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. Faith. In other words, believing what God has said. And we could go back to the old ways. We could start walking after the flesh again. A flesh-based life is a selfish life. What do I think? What do I feel? Rather than what God said. So maybe you're born again and you're feeling condemned. Well, praise God. He's bigger than our feelings. God has, in reality, made you free. Jesus' work on the cross made you free. So it's done. Jesus' work is done. He said it's finished. There's a work for us. It's to believe what God's done. And we're saved originally. This is how we came to Christ and were born again. We were saved by God's grace through faith. In other words, God offered us the free gift of salvation. We believed we could have that. We said yes. So we were saved through faith. And now in this Christian life, we move forward through faith to better and better things. And yes, it takes some time. But stick with it and your life will be transformed. Keep coming to hear God's word. Not once in a blue moon, regularly. But just hearing it alone doesn't transform you. You have to hear it and believe it. And that's your work of faith. And it's not the physical work or the carnal work that they used to have under the old law. It's not rituals or regulations like do this but don't do that and don't touch and don't handle. It's a spiritual work. We live under the new covenant and with that is a new law. Let's look back at our scripture reading today. Romans 8 verse 2. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So notice in the passage, there's two laws. There's a law of a life spirit and there's the law of sin and death. And that second one, the law of sin and death, it doesn't sound very attractive, does it? So why do so many Christians keep running back to it then? Having been saved by grace and given new lives of freedom, they go running back and try to earn it themselves. The devil told them that it was more righteous to serve the old law, sin and death. So they go back to it. It's not rational. It's a deception. So we need to fight back with what God has given us. His word, the Bible. Fight back with the Bible. Don't let yourself be deceived. And we all need this teaching because it's easy to turn back to the old law. I know because I did it myself. And the apostle that's teaching this today, Apostle Paul, who wrote the book of Romans, in his old life, he was serving the law. And the context of Romans chapter 8 is, of course, chapter 7. And there's a clue in there because... Romans chapter 8 and the first verse is a therefore. So what's he talking about? That's our clue of the context. So let's look at Romans 7.24. And this is Paul speaking about himself. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me 
from this body of death. So in his past life, Paul was a really religious guy. He fasted every week. He tithed. As soon as he got something, he didn't wait till it was left over. See what was left over the end of the week, end of the month. When he received something, he tithed 10% to God. And he went far beyond that, giving offerings, giving alms to the poor. And he meticulously followed the old law. But as hard as he tried, he could never perfectly keep it. And it made him feel more and more guilty and condemned. And there were things that he wanted to do. He couldn't find a way to accomplish those things. And there were evil things that he didn't want to do. He knew they were wrong. And he kept finding himself going back to them. And the old law was powerless to help him. And in fact, it made it worse. The more legalistic he became, the more he sinned. And he ended up persecuting Christ and killing those in the early church. That's how bad it got. And it's too bad, but we see many legalistic Christians today that are too tough on themselves. They think that it will make them more righteous to be tough on themselves, but it actually causes them to sin. And they stumble other people with it. They teach new Christians to live like they do. And it can be worse than that. Someone comes in looking for help. And the person has sinned. And it might even be a big one. It could be something somebody go to jail for. But, but he's saying he knows it's wrong. He's, he's coming in looking for deliverance. And he, he thinks we're God's people. Maybe we can help him. But too often, people come in looking for help. Looking for deliverance. They're, meant, they're met by judgment and condemnation. And many flee and never come back. And who can blame them? So, saints, we have a work. A work of faith. Our names are already written in the book of life. We don't have to work for salvation anymore. But we're not done. Let's not stop here. We need to keep moving forward. As we keep moving forward, God transforms our life. Paul builds up to this in chapter 7 by contrasting the inner man with the outer man. So Romans seven twenty-one. I find in a law... When I would do good, evil is present within me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. So you have an inner man and an outer man. The triune God has made you and me in his image. So we're a body, soul, and spirit. And the outward man is easy to see. It's your body. You also have a spiritual man, an inner man. And Jesus said that the spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. And there's actually sin in your flesh. We can see that in the passage here. The law of sin which is in my members. And God created everything good in the beginning. But there was a fall. The serpent told a lie to Adam. He received it. And he acted on it. And this is how sin entered the world. Romans, uh, sorry, Genesis 2, verse 16. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou may freely eat. But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eat thereof thou shalt surely die. <clears throat> 
So Adam ate from the tree. Did what God told him not to do. He sinned. And he died that very same day. No, he didn't physically fall over dead. He died spiritually. In other words, Adam's spirit was disconnected from God's spirit. And because of that, he had no power. And the devil had planted this seed of sin right in his flesh. Adam didn't want to do it. He'd fight against it. But remember, now he's disconnected from God. Without that, there's no power. And Adam is the first man, the father of us all. And this sinful nature has been passed down from generation to generation to you and me. And this sin is found within our own bodies. We try to fight, but there's no power within us for victory. So what hope is there? Where can we turn? And since ancient times, man wanted religion. God gave them a religion, I would say, the law of sin and death. And its purpose is to show you your need for a savior. Yes, the law was from God. When the law brings you to Christ, it's done its perfect work. And at that point, it's time to leave the old law and embrace the law of life. And you can do that. Because once you're born again, God reestablishes the connection between our spirit and his spirit. In other words, we're spiritually alive. So knowing these things, let's look back at Romans chapter 8, verse 2. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh... God sending his own son in the likeness of sin and flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. So Paul says God's son came in the likeness of sinful flesh. Jesus wasn't sinful. His body wasn't sinful. What this means is that Jesus came in the likeness of Adam. In fact, Jesus is called the last Adam. The first Adam brought sin and death. The last Adam brings life. And there was something that the old law could never do because it was weak through the flesh. So God sent his own son that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. And here's the truth. In Christ, you've already fulfilled the law. So stop trying to earn it. It's already done. You've been saved, born again, adopted into God's family, made righteous. And now it's time to stop living after the flesh and live according to the Spirit. And a lot of people ask, how do I do it? So I'd like to read from the ESV translation. It's one we have in the pews. Romans 8 verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. So God's given you free will. He's given you the ability to hear things, to understand, and make choices. And you're the one who decides what you believe. Nobody can do that for you. That's the one thing you can do yourself. People can twist your arm, maybe force you to say something, or whatever. Can somebody force you to believe something? 
Then somebody else do it for you? No, you're the one who decides what you'll believe. So we've been hearing God's word today. And then, do you believe it? But it doesn't stop there. Will you choose to remember it? Do you value it enough? Do you believe it's beneficial? Do you really believe that this is the best way to live your life? I mean, it's your choice whether or not you'll keep exposing yourself to Bible truth, to keep hearing it and keep reading it, mulling it over and meditating on it. And this isn't fluff. This is a fundamental foundation stone, something we need. So here's the law of the life spirit. Romans 8, 6 ESV. To set the mind on the flesh is death. But to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. And I know my choice. And we can stand up here and say yes and amen. We do that and that's good. What really matters is out there when the rubber hits the road. When somebody says something unkind to me or I feel unappreciated. Someone stabs me in the back or when I'm lonely. Or when something terrible happens or when everything seems to be going wrong. How will I choose to respond. And it's a whole new way of life. And yes, the fact is, we are going to make mistakes. We're human beings. It's a process of generation, regeneration. So yeah, we're going to make mistakes. But here's the thing, God's patient with us. And I'd say it, it gets even better than that because He teaches us how to be patient with ourselves, how to be patient with other people, But over time, it's a training process, but we actually train our minds to focus on things of the Spirit. And it gets easier, folks. Gets easier, life gets better. The common problems that we see in our world every day, those don't go away. That's not the promise of God. Here's the promise of God that He regenerates His saints, and He makes us wise, and He makes us strong. So, in time, what used to be a terrible battle and exhausting can become relatively easy for us. So you have the same situation, but in that, you're experiencing God's vibrant life and peace and actually joy saying, Oh, I can see light at the end of the tunnel. I can see good coming out of this. And it's true. Life keeps getting better and better as we follow Christ. He promises us, Life and peace, when we set our minds on the things of the Spirit, and His Word is true, but it only happens in your life, and your life, and my life, if we believe it, if you do it. So train yourself, train your mind to be set on the things of the Spirit. And I thank you, God, for saving us and giving us wonderful new lives. In Jesus Christ, amen. And I'd like to do something wonderful and amazing. It may be unappreciated. But we can actually practice here. Something that we do here that you can take outside. There's a lot of different ways to uh, train your mind. Reading the Bible, not just out of a religious devotion, because you don't have to, but you get to, (laughs) if you know what's good for you. And pray about it. And of course, there's things we ask. You can also listen. God, God will speak right to you. You don't have to be 
a sage on the top of a mountain with a long beard. He'll talk to you and you and you and me, right? And believe what he says through his Bible and through prayer. Another one might slip under the radar, but I'm just trying to expose it to the light, is uh, singing songs. And a lot of the old songs have a really accurate Bible message. And singing songs to yourself, not just mouthing the words, meaning it, <laughs> can be a prayer to God. It actually talks about uh, making melody in your heart. And you can do that throughout the week. Even as a place you can't sing out loud or you feel funny, you can sing in here. <laughs> and it trains your mind to focus on the things of the Spirit rather than everything the devil wants to put in front of you. <laughs> you can be someplace, uh, can I say, hellish. But if you're singing that song, and maybe the demons flee, right? So, so anyway, let's practice. And, and then we'll leave. It's uh, number 444. I love to tell the story. Amen.